Hey, this is Philip Craig here. I'm the pastor of Aria Church. This is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. I hope this empowers you. I hope it fuels your faith and I hope it impacts your life. Enjoy the message. Great to be with you today. We're back. And uh, it's good to be at church, eh? We love online too, but it's good to be at church. It's good to be at church in person. And so, uh, you know, for some of you, it might have been, we're coming to the end of 2020, and this was the, the kind of year that everyone spoke of. This is the year of vision, because, you know, it's kind of 2020 vision, haha. <laughs> um, <laughs> and in reality, for a lot of us, that hasn't been the case. A lot of us have been confused for most of the year, discouraged, annoyed, full of frustration. There's all kinds of emotions that have been going on this year. Even some of us might have lost jobs, have come to the end of a season, relationships, tons of pressure. All that kind of stuff's been going around. And it's very easy, you know, in this season to really not have much joy. It was actually not a in some ways, it wasn't very joyful. There wasn't very many people celebrating a lot of things in life happening. But I want to suggest to you that, that as much as there's been change, as much as there's been frustration, as much as there's been anger, maybe, just maybe, some of these situations, God can use them too. And maybe God isn't surprised about what you're going through and what we're going through and what's happening on the earth today. Maybe God is on his throne and he's still seated. Maybe Jesus is still sitting at the right hand of the Father. Maybe the Holy Spirit is still available to us. And maybe the same way we see in scriptures where there's all kinds of valleys and all kinds of hardships and all kinds of messes and all kinds of mangers and all kinds of madness. Maybe, just maybe, that's a good fertile soil for the Holy Spirit to move. That's a good fertile soil for faith to rise. That's a good fertile soil for miracles to happen, for angels to appear, for childs to be born for dreams to be birthed. Maybe when we come to the end of ourselves, that's the position where we truly find ourselves and we stop, stop relying on our own strength and our own efforts and our own abilities. And we, we start to realize and have a perspective that, whoa, the, this world is more fragile than I thought. The things that I've been standing upon and putting my faith in temporal things maybe aren't as trustworthy as we once thought. Maybe this is a season for true faith to rise up. Maybe this is a season for, for, for true perspective shifts to happen. Maybe this is a season for salvation to come to our families, to our friends. Maybe this is a season for us to fall to our knees. Maybe this is just what we needed and it's not comfortable, and it's not nice, and the flesh does die, and our plans do fail. But what if, 
It was a, a chance and an opportunity for the hope of the world to truly be present in our hearts and in our souls and in our lives. Can I get an amen? So today's message is called Shocking, a shocking event. A shocking event. Let's pray. God, I thank you for your presence here today. God, I thank you that as much as we are shocked, as much as it's crazy to our own minds, our own human ideas and thinkings and plans, you're not surprised. Actually, you might even, you might even have allowed it. But we know that you use all things for our good. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Thank you, Kate and the team. Come on, put our hands together for our production, worship team, kids team. The kids, the kids team are actually uh, recording. So with the parents, just a heads up. After the service, you will stay in here. We're going to record the kids uh, on the stage here straight after service. You'll get to see it, which will be fun too. Uh, and we'll show that next week at both services so your family and friends and everyone else can see it or you can bring them along with you to see that as well. So uh, excited about that uh, and the production team are working really hard and, and really doing their best for online. Uh, also, if, if, if you're online for the first time, uh, clicking in or you're here in person for the first time, church, let's give those people uh, a welcome. And uh, it was funny, I was talking to a few friends and they, were, they hadn't been back to church for a while and uh, they came back in person. They're like, I don't know anyone. Where is it? But it's interesting. There's movement. There's shifts. Things are happening. We see new faces come online in person all the time. And I just want to let you know you're so welcome. We were expecting you. We were praying for you. So, so it's no surprise to us. God knows that you're supposed to be here at this point in time. And uh, we're believing God to do great things in your life. Shocking scenes. I think one thing that's really important in, in, in a time, any time really, to, is to understand there's tensions with truth. And I, I love this, uh, this, not just an idea, but this reality where God gives us a choice as humans to make whatever wills that we, we want to, but He also, God is also sovereign. So that means that God is not surprised. God is in ultimate charge of the earth. He's in the ultimate charge of the end game. And, and we're kind of fitted in somewhere in between where we're trying to navigate through life of, right, is this God's will? Um, and what, how, much of, how much do I get to pick? You know, what, does God care what I wear today? I don't think He's too worried as long as you're covered for the most part, covered up. Um, but so He gives us a bit of choice there, a bit of free will, we can be creative. God gives us like a playground. I like to see it with boundaries, and we get to play within that and make choices. But then on the other side, God is sovereign. God is ultimately in charge. He knows the beginning from the end. He is the, the beginning and the end. That's His identity. He's the Alpha and the Omega, uh, it says in the Scriptures. And so if we look back before the Christmas stories, we're going to focus on these next few weeks, and, and we look that that. Jesus actually came, and it had been spoken about six to seven hundred years prior in writings. People had actually wrote about this Savior. 
And if we go right back, skip back to the the book of Genesis, Abraham had been given a promise to to bless many nations, and his impact would go uh, all throughout the earth, and his impact would be as many as the grain on the seashore. And so that was obviously a promise that he had been given that was going to outlast his life. And and so it's interesting that Jesus actually came in the same family lineage as King David and Abraham. It's it's, it's actually mind-blowing, and it's important that we, that we understand this. So, I'm going to bring a scripture up, a prophetic statement that was written down in the book of Mekai. It says, but you, Bethlehem, Ephrath, Ephrathah, through, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be a ruler over Israel, whose origins are of old from ancient times. And this is only one small scripture amongst hundreds of prophetic statements. This is said to be about six to 700 years prior to Jesus coming. Now, where did Jesus come? Some of us have maybe been brought up in Sunday school, the town of… No, nobody knows. That's it, Sunday school every week for all of you at 3 p.m. You're coming back. So, He came in the town of Bethlehem. But Jesus didn't live at this time, in, or sorry, the, he wasn't, his family weren't originally living in Bethlehem. They traveled to Bethlehem. And it, even, even crazier than that, it wasn't really the family's choice. You know, Mary and Joseph, they weren't really, I don't think they would have went to Bethlehem, put it that way if they hadn't been told by the, the governing body, the Roman Empire, right? So, so, they had decided, Caesar Augustus had decided to do what they call a census, and this was probably to find out how many people do we have in the empire right now? How many people, you know, maybe they wanted some money as well, pay your taxes so that we can do whatever. But the governing body at that time had decided, we want a census. So, everyone had to go back to their their lineage, their, their hometown, where their family was from, which was Bethlehem for, for Mary and Joseph. They were in the line of King David and, and Abraham. And so, so, they had to try. This was inconvenient. I'm sure there was a bit of grumbling, complaining that they had to travel so far to do the census. It probably came as a shock, you know, because they just decided on a whim, and then the word got out, and this was the date, and we have to have this done by a certain time. And it probably wasn't convenient. It, no, actually, it wasn't convenient whatsoever. So, if we go on to read here in, in, in Luke 2, we see, or sorry, at the start of Luke 2, it, it tells us that Caesar Augustus ordered a census taken of the entire Roman world, possibly for tax purposes. Um, but it goes on to say in verse 8, uh, after, you know, Jesus was born, this child was born, and we're going to focus more on that next week. And it was in a manger, and all that kind of stuff happened. They came to the hometown of their family, and they'd done that whole deal. But then the part I want to focus on today is in verse 8. And it says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them. This was a normal occurrence, by the way. Anyone seen any, anyone been in the field and an angel appeared? 
No, probably they would have said the same thing too. Like, that's what are you, is that even real? I know I've heard about angels, but they probably were in this situation where that's not a normal occurrence. It was shocking. Appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you that you will find a baby wrapped in, cl in cloths and lying in a manger. And so, so the first thing I want to talk to you about is, number one, they were shocked into life. This situation didn't come just smoothly or gradually. It was bang. We're making a decision. There's a census. Bang. An angel showed up. Has anyone ever experienced a situation in life where maybe bang, you've lost your job? Shock. Maybe a loved one has passed away. Shock. You can never prepare yourself. You can never be ready. It doesn't, life doesn't wait for anyone. It just happens. I'll tell you a little story about what happened to me not too long ago. I was lying in bed trying to get a good night's sleep and got, got myself a lovely wife. And uh, not as much room in the bed now. Kind of was prepared for that part a little bit, although we're building a much bigger bed in, our, in the next few weeks so I can get some sleep. But we had just come back from being away in, in Poland seen Anna's family and been away for a few weeks and Airbnb everywhere, these big, beautiful beds and always very comfortable. But I found myself coming home um, to my house and, and first night's sleep, I think it was first or second night's sleep in my bed. And usually I don't really dream that much these days. Sometimes I go through phases, but don't really remember anything, just sleep, get up and get on with my business. And, but this one night, I don't know what happened. I was lying there sleeping, not thinking, not really aware of what's going on around me, as you do. And all of a sudden, I found myself, like, from being completely out of it, like, dead to the world, just lying there, deep sleep, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, I rushed up, fired the, the light on, I was in panic mode, like, what is happening? Something touched my leg. There's a rat in the bed. There's a mouse, there's something in my bed, and I literally, I think I, I ripped the sheets up a bit, turned the lights on, what is this? And I realized it was my wife. <laughs> and that was when I realized I was shocked to a new way of life. I, I, I couldn't believe it had actually happened. I actually panicked because somebody's toe hit me on the leg. I was shocked. It was in a a flash, I went into emergency mode, slammed the light on, and, and if it hadn't have been funny, I might have got told off, but Anna ended up laughing, like, what is going on? Who is this guy? What have I done? And sometimes in life, that's what happens. Things hit us suddenly, like the angel appeared to these men in the field. I guarantee you they were just used to the mundane. I guarantee they were used to just going through the motions. I guarantee you, you were just used to coming to church. I guarantee you, you've been in some situations where you're just used to hanging out with friends or just going through the routine, and then something shocked you back to life. 
But what I want, I want to explain and what I felt God was speaking to me this week is that often those shocks and those moments in our life that, that don't necessarily go to plan. The same way with the angels, it wasn't to destroy the, the shepherds. It wasn't to discourage them, but it was nonetheless a shock. It was actually to prepare them for good news. It was to prepare them for better days. It was to prepare them for change. It was to prepare them for greater heights, for greater levels of grace, the grace of God in their life. It was to prepare them for a worldwide shift as this child Jesus, the Savior of the world, had come. But it was a shock nonetheless. And I want to encourage you that even though you might have been in the middle of the mundane, in the middle of routine, before this crazy year happened, before maybe you've went through a crazy situation that you didn't want, you were happy with comfortable, you were happy with average, you were happy with mediocre, I want to tell you that sometimes the shocks that God allows to happen are sovereign. And sometimes certain things need to happen. Some things need to end. Some things are toxic in our lives. And God needs to intervene and allow certain things to happen. And it comes as a shock nonetheless. But God is still sovereign. And God is still in control. And in this moment and in this time that we're in, there's certain decisions that we don't get to make. There's certain decisions that even the governing bodies might be making. But I want to encourage you that Caesar Augustus had made this decision, right? And he had called these people. And it was potentially, it could have been a selfish decision to make more money. It could have been a selfish decision to see how big the empire was. He, he, he was a pagan leader. He, was, he wasn't certainly asking God the Father, Jesus, for advice. He wasn't trying to set God up and, and work with God. He was probably trying to work against and, and build the pagan culture with, at, the, at that time in the Roman Empire. But nonetheless... God used him to bring the Savior of the world to the prophetic declared verses that had been previously written and spoken. It, God used a pagan leader for his own purposes. What if God could use even your enemies, even the people that resist you in work, even the people that you might perceive to hate you. What if, what if you feel like somebody's getting in your way? In the same way, God was able to use pagan leaders to call a census to bring Jesus to the place where King David once existed so that he could be in the lineage of Abraham, but also he would come through Mary and Joseph miraculously to fulfill scriptures from six to seven hundred years prior. Well, how does that apply to your life? It might mean that some of those shocks that you've had in your life, I know there's people in this room who've went through shocks, who've went through situations that caused a lot of pain, actually, caused a lot of heartache, but somehow it woke you up, somehow it brought you to a place of salvation, somehow it brought you to a deeper revelation of who Jesus is. Somehow, God ordained and strategized and used what was potentially me meant for, for, for 
your destruction to build you up. And so shocked into life number two, the angel said to the shepherds, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Change can be daunting. Why? Because I think it's the fear of the unknown, isn't it? Like, what am I going what's, what's, what's to happen next? Where do, I, where do I go from here? I'm scared. And I think in this season where there's been a lot of isolation, not, not a lot of human contact, or not as it normally was, it's very easy for people to even look to substances, TV, phone, addictions. It's very easy to want to connect with something. Food. Anyone been eating too much food? <laughs> it's very easy when you're afraid to, to get involved in these maybe unhealthy habits because you're designed and, and you're engineered for faith. And maybe by not being able to have that kind of encouragement from people, maybe this is a great time to put your faith that you've been engineered and designed for in God. See, the, see, the angel understood that, listen, I know this is a shock. I know this is above your pay grade, so to speak. I, I know, shepherd, that, that this is not a normal day for you. It's not, it's not the average night out on the field. But don't be afraid. Because there's a plan. Because Jesus is on the way. And it mightn't have fully unfolded yet. You mightn't have seen him yet. You mightn't have seen his works. You mightn't have seen all of his miracles and his stories that we read today. But, but this is a part of a plan. And that plan is a sovereign plan. And even if Caesar Augustus, even if the governing bodies are making certain decisions, God is above that. God is beyond that. God can still set you up for the win. Jesus is still on the throne. Jesus is still operating. The Holy Spirit is still orchestrating. What if you actually believe that in whatever situation you find yourself in right now, whether it be financial fear, relationship fear, or a fear um, of loss, what if just like the angels were trying to get the shepherds to understand to not be afraid because there's a, there's a good plan in place here. What if you started to believe the same about your situation? Hey, hey, don't worry about that person that you might lose. Because I know. I know what's going to happen. I've got a plan. I've got a solution. It's already paved. It's already written. Before you even existed, it was written. Hundreds and thousands of years, millions of years, it had already been written, spoken, prophesied. All you need to do is stay in relationship with me. Stay in connection. Stay in faith. And you come on board with the plan. And, 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 and you, it's for all men. It says, the angel says, for all people. If you're watching online or in person, it's, it's for you. But what if 
you know, your mind's just completely overwhelmed with fear of financial loss or fear of not having a job or fear, and that's all you've got. That's what you're connecting with and, and you're trying to hide from it. But what if you believed, hey God, thank you that you've got a plan for me. And, and if this doesn't work out, there's another plan. There's good news for all people. There's good news for me. And I'm, I'm going to stay in faith, not in people, not in a job institution, not, not in uh, my pension, I'm gonna, because anything can change. There's shocking events happening all the time, but I'm actually going to just, you've got a plan. It's for me too. And I'm going to rest in that, and you're sovereign. And, and, and before I was, you were. Before the world existed, you were there. And you will be here, and you'll be present all over the earth and in my heart until the day I die. And you will keep me, and your grace will keep me even when I have messed up, made mistakes. Your grace keeps me and allows me to learn and to grow and to get better. Do not be afraid. You know, a few years ago, I actually experienced a sudden event, a shocking event where everything disappeared. Like literally, you know the way that people talk about it took the rug underneath my foot? That's exactly what it felt like. The rug and every area, friendships, circles, jobs, relationships, gone in a moment. And in that moment, I remember thinking, what do I, the fear of the unknown, what do I do now? Tons of hurt, tons of uncomfortable feelings. And it was a moment where I had to dig deep, and I had to truly ask myself, what do I believe? Because if I believe that, that there's good news, if I believe, like the angel said, do not be afraid, if I believe that there's good news for all people, including me, and, and, and that Jesus came to save, to set me free from sin, but to also give me a life that I could live on purpose with purpose, if I believe that I'm destined to use my gifts to build His kingdom, and, and right now what I, what I see with my eyes looks like failure, but what, what I hear with my ears looks like success. I've got, I've got a question to ask myself Am I going to believe what my eyes see? Or am I going to obey what my ears of faith hear? Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. As, that, that's why sometimes in worship people close their eyes. Why? Because I'm connecting to God through my spirit. I don't need my eyes to worship God. I don't need my eyes to build faith. I need my ears to hear His voice, to sense His leading. And in that moment, I had to realize, you've been prepared for this moment, Phil. You've been built for this moment. You've been designed for this kind of faith. This is a moment where you get to resurrect. And it's not based on sight. This is a moment of pure faith. It's not based on someone's encouragement. It's not based on people around me. It's just you and God. Now is your moment to exercise the purity of that faith. And that's really where our, the name of our church came from, was the R stands for resurrection. 
and the eight stands for new life. But that can only happen when there's a death. That can only happen when there's a dead end. Resurrection can't happen unless something dies. New life can't happen unless an old life dies. New hope can't come unless the old hope goes. Maybe, maybe our hope is too much in people, too much in stuff, too much in possessions, too much in a job, our identity is too wrapped up. Well, maybe when some of those things fail and fall, it's a perfect moment for a brand new definition. Maybe a more accurate definition of true faith, true hope in God. And so it took me a few months of, of kind of praying and trying to discern in the wilderness, in the field, with all that shock, all those feelings of hurt, to realize, no, no, I, I'm made for this. I was designed to step up to the mark. I was designed to live by faith and not by sight. I was designed to continue walking on in the gifts that God has given to me. What if the same were for you? That even though with your eyes things maybe don't look or won't look as it once did, it's not over. The only time it's over is when you stop moving. The only time it's over is when you stop breathing. If you're still breathing and your heart is still beating, then God has still got a plan. Your faith will still work. Your faith is still alive. The Holy Spirit is still moving. Can I get an amen? Am I in this alone or is there somebody with me? And lastly, he goes on to say, great joy is here. Great joy is here. If we, you know, this year, I don't know if joy was here or not for you. <laughs> I'm predicting if you looked at a lot of the news, there wasn't much joy in your life. I'm predicting if, if you didn't want to adapt or change, there wasn't much joy in your life. I'm predicting if you just spent all your time on Netflix, Facebook, talking to people about should we wear masks or whatever, or what do you think about them, there probably wasn't much joy in your life. You know, for a lot of us, it's been a, it's been a heavy enough year. It's been a, a shocking event after a shocking event. It's been a year like no other. For mo most of the people in this room, you've probably never seen a year like this ever before. And it's not a positive experience. But one thing I, I guess it's taught me and as I've got busy, and in some ways when you're having to change and move all the time, it nearly takes double the effort. I was kind of talking to a few people just about even as a church organization. As you get bigger, it gets harder to move. That, that applies to everything. <laughs> you know, my belly gets bigger, it gets harder to adapt and to move. If we're in a cruise liner, we need about 50 committee meetings if we're going to change the culture of the cruise liner. And to get that ship turned, it takes a lot longer than if you're on a jet ski. You can just turn on a whim. It's easy. It's just one person. 
weaving in and out of life. And, and I guess as we're moving constantly throughout this year, one thing, with every strength, there's a weakness, and with every weakness, there's a strength. And one thing, I guess, recently, in the last maybe month or so, I just felt I was just doing a lot of stuff, and I felt a bit drained, and I felt a bit, it just changed, 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 and took more energy to keep moving and shifting and adapting and pivoting. And, and I then, what, what started, if I'm honest, I started to maybe neglect, just maybe not praying as much as I once did, maybe not um, in the Word as much as I once did. And it happened gradually, slowly. I found myself with a lot less joy. I found myself a lot tarder. I found I had less grace. Grace, less grace for people. And then I said, right, I've got to get back to the basics. I've got to get back to the start. And I then just went out for a few walks, and that's where I love to pray while I walk. I love to pray. I get clarity. I get just a, a space away from all of the distractions, away from all of uh, the voices. And I, I had a in that, those moments where I started to walk, just it took one walk, and I felt like I was back on track. Just one, just 20 minutes, 40 minutes in God's presence, just relaxing, asking, getting clear voice, getting a clear vision. Stop trying to involve myself in all the busyness, and, and I, the joy instantly came back. The freshness instantly came back. And it taught me the power of the presence of God. It taught me and reminded me that, that there's nothing like the presence of God. Because why? It's got to be our priority because that's where the fear goes. That's where the, the exchange happens like the angel and the shepherds, where it's like, listen, I know this is a shock that this works, and you can get joy from this city. Great joy here. There's great joy in my presence. There's great joy available. There's great peace available. There's great faith available. How did I get up again and back on my feet? It was through His presence. It was through His peace it was through his vision that he had put in my heart for many years. And just reminding myself in his presence, it gave me the faith to believe it again. It gave me the faith to stand up again. It gave me the faith to dream again. It gave me the faith to not put my trust in, in circumstances and people. It gave me the faith by, by what? His simple presence. I want to encourage you today, maybe right now, you're worrying way more than you're worshiping. But I'm telling you, if you reverse the process and you start to worship, you'll worry less. Maybe you're, you're looking to be in the presence of certain people, or certain powers, or certain possessions more than you are being in God's presence, and you're wondering why the joy has left, and you're wondering why the peace has left. I, I want to suggest to you Get back into His presence. Go for a walk. Put some music on. Pray and talk honestly to God. Invite the Holy Spirit 
to speak to you. We've been doing what we've been doing. Own your morning and own your night. Why? Because it's that simple. And you'll start to see your joy come back. And you'll start to experience the presence of God. And it's only one step away. It's only one moment away. You're one moment away from peace. You're one moment away from power. You're one moment away from His presence. And it's not just about a Sunday. It's about a Monday. It's about a Tuesday. It's about a Wednesday. The whole week. And you know what that'll do? That'll give you the power to resurrect no matter what happens in your life. No matter who comes and who goes. No matter who betrays you. No matter who supports you. No matter who's for you or no matter who's against you. God has given you the the power of His presence in the Holy Spirit. God has given you all that you need to fulfill the task at hand. God has got an assignment for each and every person in this room, but it can only be fulfilled when the power of God resides on the inside. Because what the Bible says, an unrighteous person will fall six times and stay down. But a, a righteous person, that means someone who's in God's presence, someone who's got God's power, somebody who's got the faith that God gives us, will fall seven times and get up each and every time until completion, maybe in your relationships, maybe in your marriage, maybe in your job situation, maybe in your finances, maybe it's time just to keep getting back up, not on your own effort, because that drains you, not on your own power, not on your own might, but when you get into the presence of God, nothing is impossible. When you get into the presence of God, the power is unlimited. When you get into the presence of God, your perspective shifts. When you get into the presence of God, you do not see as a human sees. You see as God sees. When you get into the presence of a sovereign God, you understand that He's been making a plan before you even were born. When you get into the presence of of a God that fulfills, that completes. The number seven represents completion. He he, he isn't a person that wants you to come to a failure, to become a person that goes halfway and gives up. He's a person that gives you assignment for it to be finished. So if you're married and you're having a hard time, God has the grace in His presence for you to complete the race. If you're feeling discouraged and, and, and you're on a low and you don't have joy right now, well, I'm telling you, God has got joy for you. It's wrapped up with a bow tied. But you can only unwrap the presence. That's a bit cheesy in his presence. But it's true. That wasn't planned. <laughs> but I'm trying to help you to understand as I got off course a little bit with my time management, I I had the simple revelation that the power is simply in His presence. What you need for today is in His presence. What you need for tomorrow's assignment is in His presence. What you need to love that person who's unlovable, and you might even have feelings of hate towards, is in His presence. 
because you can't give what you don't have. God's grace to us was unfair. The, the word grace means unmerited favor. There's some people who have spoken over your life unfairly, but God has called you to love them. And it's impossible with natural sight. It's impossible to do, to be patient, to be loving, to be kind, to be gentle to that person as a human because you're offended and you're mad and you're angry. But you can if you go to His presence and you allow the, the Spirit of God to speak into your heart and tell you truth over that situation. You allow the Spirit of God to guide you and tell you the truth. But it's only in His presence. Listen, shocking events will come. They have came for it. The whole time humans have been on the earth, it's a part of life. And we will get afraid in our flesh and with our eyes and what we see. And it will be alarming and we might get anxiety because we're attached to that situation. But as the angel said, there's great joy here. I know it doesn't look that way right now. I know this, you're not used to seeing angels in the field. I know you're not used to big lights shining brightly. I know you're not used to not being allowed to go here or go there. I know you're not used to this kind of Christmas. I know you're not used to your job being the way it is or, or maybe not having one. I know you're not used to this kind of pressure. I know you're not used to it. But nonetheless, there's great joy here. But it's going to come from hearing the voice of God in His Word and in His presence. And it's not going to come by looking around you at what people are doing and where they're going and what they're saying. Can I get an amen? amen. So as the band come ahead on up, just want to finish with this verse. It says this in, in Matthew eleven twenty eight. It says, Come to me all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke, it's easy. Easy peasy. My yoke is easy and it's light. It's light. What does worry do? It repeats itself. What does light? It's, it's done. It's one thought and it's gone. So some of us have got cares. They just need to give away. I'm not saying you neglect and you don't think, you don't have wisdom, but I'm just saying that you don't have to keep repeating something that you really have no control of. Anyhow, but God is sovereign and He knows the start and He knows the end. And we can only be faithful with what's in our hand. We can't force people. We can't control things. We can, all we can control is our heart for the most part, our actions, how we respond. And if we're faithful of that, God will be faithful. As we seek God first, that simple verse in Matthew 6 and 33, seek God first and his kingdom. And all these things that work themselves out. God will provide for you when you need provision. He put the right people in your path as you come into line with his ways. And you'll be filled with his presence.
and his peace. I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a few things I'd like you to do. Subscribe to our podcast so the most recent message will always be in your feed. Secondly, if this ministry has impacted you and you'd like to help us continue to reach others, you can go onto our website at ariatchurch.org and give now. And we will see you next time on the Ariat Church Podcast. Thank you.